In the words of Enigma, don't submit to stupid rules. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. buddy i'm doing great better than people have to listen to me right now i guess so there's that <laughs> that that's kind of what i always think too uh but yeah so we've tried a couple of other times to to get this going technical glitches which is going to happen we are a low budget operation so you're going to actually put the video out you mean they could see the the insulation in my basement and the unfinished wall behind me now you know so yeah super low budget so well, but they would also see the 8,000 finisher medals that are sitting back there. So, Oh, yeah. No, yeah, those are just the marathon and um, half marathon ones. I, I don't want to jinx anything, but if you turn the monitor to this direction, all the bike ones are literally hanging because I'm on – this is the machine that I use for Zwift only, basically. So, yeah, right here are all my triathlon, bicycle, etc. So that's just the running stuff because they're next to the treadmill, as you can see. So, yeah. Yeah, nobody else can see, but I can. So, you know, there's that. That's great. That's what you call great podcasting right there. Yeah. So you guys can just picture it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, I've asked you this on our, our first two takes. We had, you know, I'm using a different service. I use it with Dave. For whatever reason, it's glitched out um, with you and I. We're hoping that take number three does it for us. So we've got the setup a little bit on, on the beginning here. But Rob, what's new? Nothing. Third time's a charm. Maybe I could be cheeky enough and actually say it well. Uh, now, like last week or two, it feels like, you know, when I say nothing and everything, everything's been different. So, and with most Rob answers, uh, but now maybe on the third time answering, I can cut it down to a reasonable time frame. Let's go way back to um, when I was on last. When I, and when I say on, like when you and I sat and talked, it was like the beginning of COVID. I had just done a bunch of marathons and I was looking at doing an ultra cycling event. And then right after that, my wife said, hey, you know, the housing market's going crazy. Let's go ahead and sell our house. So we did that and bought another house. And then we had to renovate that. And that's when you were here and actually did like the live from our house type of thing. Um, so, but at that time, I was also working on a flip house with a friend with while COVID, while this, while that, you know, so I had no free times, evening and weekends. So since we got that done and my home renovations are mostly completed, I figured, hey, why not go ahead and finally sign up for this um, 100 mile ultra and got into that. So lately, it's just been, you know, running and which makes you very tired, uh, you know, work and, you know, keep stuff up around the house and so forth. Um, and this little thing, um, when I say little thing, I mean a new baby number three. So, you know, that also makes you a little tired. So my Garmin watch yeah. has yelled at me nearly every day saying, Hey, you should take a rest day because of poor sleep. And I'm like, nah, not, not going to happen. So <laughs> well, <laughs> congratulations on the third kid to you and Heather and big brother Connor and big sister Emma and baby number three is Annie Marie. She was born Tuesday of last week, and uh, it's only been nine days, but it's one of those it feels impossible to think of life without her at this point. So happy, healthy, baby number you know, three, third and final. That's it. That's the bookend. That closes the the, the, the child bearing for us. Well, I, see, us that, I didn't bear any of them, but you know, still. That's true. <laughs> between uh, having three kids and just having, you know, having a spouse and then you and Heather both own your own businesses. Lots going on. And I mean, a new house that usually, I mean, it was, it was a new to you house. It wasn't yes. new construction. No, it was 30 years so old when we bought it. Yes. So yeah, lots of projects and, and different things to get done. So yep. it's hard to find the time 
to fit in workouts. But as I've said many times on this show, you, you just find a way to get it done. I, and I always, when you say that, think you're too kind in saying that. So yeah, I, there's, I feel like I should be doing 10 times the amounts, but I, I do what I can and I try to fill in a little extra here and there as I can also. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, tell us a little bit about what you have been about your workouts and like what you have been training for over the last year or so trying to get ready for the potential of even doing an ultra of this kind of distance. Yeah. And not uh, jumping around and not in the typical Rob, not answering it by answering something else. Kind of how I had said it before and what makes kind of what made sense to me in explaining this. And that's, so I've been doing, you know, started the stuff, you know, running, training, uh, getting, trying to get fitter, triathlon, all that stuff. And then, you know, go a little bit longer, go 5k, 10k, you know, marathon. And so you, it seems very weird to say, last time I talked to you, you're talking about a ultra cycling event. And now you're talking about an ultra running, like how bipolar are you? Like, how are you swinging from one to the other? And that comes back to go back two or three years. I mean, COVID messed up everybody's plans for everything. So a number of years ago, I saw this race when it was in its, forgive me, when I say infancy, the first year I, I could have signed up for it at um, at that point. And because of uh, COVID, uh, there's everything just kept getting canceled and th- you know things kept changing. And that's where I was looking to do that ultra cycling event because I had spent a ton of time inside on my trainer, my, my bike trainer. And, um, you know, I was looking to do it and, I'm, and I am still really interested in it's more ironically, more my passion to do cycling and to do, and I really want to do bike packing and all that, but I'm not just going to jump on the bike and go leave for six days with, you know, at that point in time, one child, then two, then three. So running makes it a little easier to go do things because you can do it on, you know, a weekend, a week, you know, go do a race. It's a half a day, whatever type of commitment for the actual event. Going back to it, I was looking at that ultra cycling, which you and I had talked previously was the bottom part of Ohio to the top of Ohio. And I, I did, I went out, I tried it. Um, I did well for what I could do. But I DNF'd it. And when I say that is it's the bottom of Ohio to the top, 500 kilometer, 310 miles. And I think I ended up officially finishing like 147 miles of that, which is a really long day. That's what it was. We were up before sunrise. We rode all day. It's um, it, There's checkpoints you had to go through and there's but it's mostly self-supported as in you stop at your gas stations, you're carrying your water, you're doing all that type of stuff. There's not aid stations set up every three miles to get a fresh bottle or anything like that. So I went out, had a friend, Ryan, he went out and then was doing it with me. We met up with a couple other friends and we were doing it. So we were riding together, but a couple of things with that, you could ride side by side. You can't ride um, like in a pace line, like like Tour de France Peloton style, like have a big, you know, uh, a draft going because it is still an individual event. So the day we just kept getting hotter, kept getting hotter, kept getting hotter. The people that we we're riding with and leapfrogging with, you know, here and there, you see them catch up to them at a gas station, you ride together. You end up, you know, they all, when I say they all dropped, everybody dropped out. And two or three of the people in particular they had done it the year prior and respectively they finished 160 miles, 190 miles and over 200 miles before they finally dropped out. So the fact that all of them dropped out prior to the, the hundred mile mark shows that it was just a much harder day for everybody to be out there. So the was next the thing, same then, course, same course, maybe a tweak here and there, same course is just so much hotter. And that being said, um, I think it was September last year we did it. I do believe they moved it into October this year just to try to get a little bit cooler temperatures. Um, all that Real said, quick, yeah, uh, is there was ro- mostly road portions. I know there was a lot of gravel too, or at least some they, gravel. They call it's the and I think I sent you the link if you want to put it in the show lo- show notes. The dirty water route. They advertise it as a gravel ride, and there's a lot of gravel to it. And I, and I don't mean this, and I'm going to then talk another race that I did, a gravel bike riding race I did earlier this year, and as a, just as a comparison. Um, 
So there are three or four really good sections, I'm going to say, and I never got to them, as in like through the state parks, the gravel roads and all that stuff. But trying to link all those together, you know, getting from one area to the next to the next, the the guy, the race director that was putting it on uh, was trying to use as much dirt road, gravel roads as possible. So when you're using them sort of out of necessity, you literally, you know, point A to point B straight line, but then you'll take a detour up a gravel road just so you're riding gravel versus tarmac. Um, so some of the roads were just, they were hike a bike. I mean, there was no way I could even physically ride a bicycle up or down some of these sections. Um, it was hard. It was, I mean, just super hard and, and much more technical. I uh, could, you know, even if I had more ability, some of the roads, you go out and look at the results. There's two guys on this one stretch of road at like 40 miles in that they, their bikes broke in half, just straight up broke their bicycles in half. That was, that was the end of it. There was no more riding for them. Um, so it was, it was tough, super tough. And like I said, it was super hot. Um, some road, mostly, mostly dirt, mostly gravel, um, would have been more, would have been felt much more comfortable on a mountain bike than a gravel bike, which I was riding. Anyways, um, my friend Ryan and I, he made it to about mile 130 and it's getting dark. He had, he wasn't feeling good all day. So he ended up dropping at that point. And so he went kind of like left and took the road and I went right and took the gravel staying on the official course. We ended up in the same town. I mean, it said it's self-supported riding from the bottom of Ohio to the top. We ended up in the same town and you know, he had officially already tapped out. And when I say that, um, if you've, you and I have talked about the show alone, they have those like little GPS devices. We had to carry those with us. So if we had an SOS situation, you could you know, help whatever. But when you're officially dropping out of the race, they tell you, don't hit the button because that's an emergency. Just call, call one of these three phone numbers. Let us know. So we know that you're, you're out or if you're, if we otherwise, because if your GPS sits still for so long, we want to, they actually called me at once because mine hadn't picked up signal for 10 miles or 15 miles. And they thought I might've been laying in a ditch somewhere and they wanted to make sure that I was safe. Anyways, I'm out there on that like 10, 15 mile stretch of gravel at night. And I had more than enough time. Like my training was adequate. My food was adequate. I was feeling fine. I had hydrated. I had used you know, salt pills. Everything was perfect. I'm just by myself riding and I'm like, okay, well, I could ride for the next 10 hours in the dark alone to get to the next checkpoint. I have time and I could do it. I just, I lost all desire to do it at that point. I mean, for me, a big part of doing that or any of the events that I do is the camaraderie. It's doing it with people, having an experience. And that was not the experience that I was looking for. Um, I jump or change and I say it that way. The earlier this year I did, I signed up for and was in another ultra running event, uh, 50k Heiner. And that's in April. And then end of May, I was doing another cycling event. When I say, I don't know what the definition of ultra would be in cycling, but it was only a 75 or 77 mile one day gravel ride. So it wasn't the whole state thing, but both of those experiences are and were in my mind, the absolute perfect event of what I wanted and from what I wanted to get from them and what I expected as in the ultra the Heiner it's they're all when you show up they limit the course in, in the park because a single track running to 400 um, people doing the 50k and to a thousand people doing the 25k and they it's like $20 for camping the night before you show up and it's as far as the eye can see tents and campers and camper vans and all kind of stuff because everybody's just hanging out the night before at the bonfire and you know just they're talking people talking about racing and all that type of stuff but i mean they're just eating drinking hanging out and having like a big party atmosphere kind of like you described the badger you know it's just that great local everybody hanging out and having fun the same thing with the gravel ride that i then did in may the roads were mu it was all state park fire roads around oil city pennsylvania titusville home of the uh, drake's well and all that stuff so anyways there's a lot of just state forest lands and that and it was 99 percent. i'm gonna say gravel roads up there but the difference being it's the gravel roads that like uh, a truck can get and when i say truck like a big rig can get through they're going to service wells and stuff like that so harder pack nicer much easier not the stuff that you really you can't not pay attention, but you're, you don't feel endangered at any point when you're going up or down, um, 
some of that type of stuff. So also good friends riding that, um, rode it with them. We just had a blast all day. So both of those were amazing experiences. I did work backwards on this. Now I did finish the gravel ride. I did not finish the Heiner. I, um, I made it to the top of one of the first climbs, you know, hard climb and I'm going to run it out across the top and it's a nice, on the quote, nice, easy, flat section. And but you got to pay attention. I was daydreaming, thinking about how great I felt and what a great day this was going to be. I caught a root or something with a toe, tripped and fell, busted my knee on a rock. That was about mile three. I limped uh, for a little bit and then got to running. I ran to about mile six, walked from like mile six to seven or however it was down this big, long, felt like I was walking through a quarry. It was just all rock. Um, that's where the course split. You go right for the 50 K or left for the 25. And I told them, Hey, my day's done. I'd like to maybe just go on the 25 K course to finish. They said, yes, climbed up to the top of this next climb, which is like, I believe the toughest one on the course. There was EMS there and I, whatever, you know, paramedics, I sat down, got looked at just to get the wound cleaned out. Um, just started to swell up and couldn't move and said, I, I knew I had more of a year coming. Um, so I did not, I didn't complete that race. Another, you know, so two DNFs in a row there, you know, the ultra running, ultra cycling, then the ultra running. So it's getting easier to, uh, to opt out of things, but you know, they were both for, I think very valid reasons, get home, be safe and be able to do stuff with my family. So. Yeah. You can't walk around injured at home with two little ones and another no, one on the that way. Point, and... That's it. Two little ones and a very pregnant wife at that point. So it was like, yeah. Hey, you know, it, it wasn't, it was a smart move. And then I ran, I went out the next week after that ran the Pittsburgh marathon, just because I felt like I needed to do something. And then I took some time off. So, I mean, yeah, there's that. I mean, you did that's, finish Pittsburgh that's, though. That's that metal. You guys can't see I'm pointing to it for Pete over my shoulder. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you finished Pittsburgh. I mean, that I definitely would not have done that. So, you know, there's most people would diff- say it was not advisable. Yeah. I mean, but there's different reasons to do this stuff. And I, I think it's interesting that you choose these hard events, but are starting to turn towards getting more out of the camaraderie and the event itself, mm-hmm. uh, where the festival environment, the, the people then actually completing it, like they're, they're getting to more equal footing or maybe even more on the side of getting to meet people. That's Mm -hmm. what becomes important. Yes. And so all that training, it's always been that for me, to be honest. Um, and the wall of metals behind me may say differently, uh, but one of the things you and Dave have talked about a lot, two things, you have to like the training. It's the, you have to like, the process has to be part of it. And I, I forget if I said this on the prior show last year or two years ago, whatever, when I was on, I do have a hierarchy of things that I try to abide by. And that is, so like the lowest is going to be sitting on the couch doing nothing. So I will always be up active doing something above that. If I have a choice, if I'm going to go for a run or a bike ride, I'm going to go for a bike ride just because I like biking more. But above that in the hierarchy is I will work out with somebody versus doing something alone. So if I'm going to go for a, you know, a ride or a a ride outside, but I have a friend um, that says, hey, let's hit Zwift or let's go for a ride. I'm going to run or ride with that friend over doing something alone. And the ultimate is in person. If somebody's in person and says, let's go for a run or ride, that takes precedent over online friends. So like, it's always been about being with people and doing things with people. And it's just, it's becoming more apparent as time goes on. And you had asked me, and we had said this is the third time's a charm for recording this. One of the things that I had answered previously, and, and you didn't ask the question yet, but we'll get there and I know you will. Why are you doing this race, this? Why are you signing up for this one in, in New River Gorge versus a different race, a different length and all that type of stuff? And it really, I guess the answer I'd like to get out there is, uh, and maybe it's my own mind and people say, you can get as fast as you want. I'm not. I, you know, for me, I've always, at best, best trained, I get down to, I got down to about like a 350 marathon, 349 out in Chicago, out by you. To get Boston qualifying fast for me, I still have to knock another hour or so off that time, another 45 minutes to an hour. I'm not going to be a fast runner. 
So I'd rather just go a little slower, a little longer. And like you're saying, get out there and be with people and see, see things. The, the Heiner, the, the rim, the river that I'm looking at doing, they're in very scenic places. I mean, the, the overlook, the, the trails, the overlooks, all that stuff. And that's, also the contrast between the ultra cycling in Ohio versus the ultra cycling that I did up here is just the scenery was so much better. The, the, all the, in my opinion, it's what I wanted from it. And that's where I'm looking. Those are the events that are most been more attractive to me as of late. Well, a couple quick things. One, yeah. I don't consider myself slow anymore. I'm just differently paced. Yeah. I didn't say you were slow, Pete. Well, I'm I saying mean, I'm in, not fast. That's what I'm saying. In comparison, I am, but I didn't say that you didn't. I'm letting everybody know. I believe I'm just differently paced. The <laughs> second thing is, um, I'm just going to get this out of the way and then I'm going to, we'll circle back, but the race is in West Virginia and yes. there's a reason, another reason for you to choose that area, which we'll circle back to. Yep. The other thing I want to touch, touch on though, is you mentioned the badger you mentioned how much you like being, you know, running with people. And the only time I've really run with people has been at Badger, like people that I didn't know. I ran, yeah. you know, with Karen, um, yep. Karen Clark, uh, at a race out just outside of Pittsburgh for a half marathon. And, yeah. um, her and Lloyd met us there, which was fantastic. I mean, if you get a chance to, get Karen in a non goal race where she'll talk to you for three, four hours. It's fantastic. I wouldn't get in her way in a goal race though. That's just me. No. Um, but like Badger has pushed me out of my comfort zone because I, I always feel like I'm bothering somebody. So like mm-hmm. if there's a group of people, I don't know anybody. I, I'm very rarely going to try to talk to somebody just cause I feel like why would they want to talk to me? Right. Yeah. I would love to talk to them because I'm always interested in other people's stories and, and kind of getting to know them. Right. Right. But I've always had that problem. Right. I, and I just, I don't want to get in somebody's way. Right. Therefore those events like you describe, you know, with the camping and stuff, it's always intimidated me besides the fact that obviously I don't camp. We all know this, but the camaraderie itself is, uh, uh, you know, intimidating to me. I'm trying to evolve and I've really gone out of my comfort zone in the last two years when COVID allowed, right. To be in situations where I have to talk to people. I don't know where I, I'm the only one there. I try not to run alone. If I'm like on the badger trail as much, I try to pick up people on the, you know, pick up people. That sounds terrible. I try to uh, run or walk with people on the trail so, I mean, I'm trying to, but I think that for somebody like you who enjoys, just naturally enjoys being around people, these are some of the greatest things to do because yeah. it's hours and hours and hours. And if you don't talk to each other, I mean, it might be pretty out there, but even that gets old after a while because, yeah. you know, you end up in misery together. So it's, it's right. you, you bond quickly when you're on a trail that long. Yes. So anyway, circling back, races in West Virginia. You kind of talked about why skip from 50K to 100 miles, which is 30, for those keeping score at home, 31 miles to 100. That's a a 69-mile difference. But it is West Virginia, and there's a reason for that too. Yes, and and that goes back to the – and I'm going to point over my shoulder to you, and, and but people can't see it. So as I started in somewhere in this realm right here, this is my Erie Marathon, and it was that was Pennsylvania. The next one here is Toledo. This one here is New York. This is Nashville. So as I started running, uh, it, it running was to lose weight, lose weight. And as I started doing different races, they hurt. I mean, the Erie Marathon, I got done. I sat down and could not move for like and Dave and you were saying this, like uh, when I was building up through my training, my first 12 miler, I, you know, my first half marathon, I didn't do anything the rest of the day. You know, now it's go 
you know, go bang out eight, 10, 12 miles with a friend and still have an entire day that I have to go play, you know, have not have to play with my kids, but I have kids. I have to do what they want to do. I'm down on the floor. I'm, you know, we go for a bike ride. We go, uh, you know, to the pool when they want me to throw them, you know, it's it, it very active lifestyle. I can't just be like, no guys, sorry, I'm going to sit in the recliner and watch, you know, the entire something trilogy or whatever. Okay. So I, I was saying the reason, if you know, every one of those first starting medals there, it's a different state, the, the marathon 50 state club. So if it's that hard for me to train, I want something in a different state. Um, and that's kind of where it got to. One thing I'd said, you said in, in a prior recording, there's, there's a lot in West Virginia and there's not a lot in West Virginia. So there's only two at the time. I mean, there's probably a ton more, but there's only two or three marathons that were consistently in West Virginia. And so when I had just on the heels of completing, when I first saw this race being advertised and coming out three, two, three years ago, it was um, the first 100 miler in um, West Virginia. It uh, then also, and forgive me, I'm jumping out of answer here, but the race director, since he now has three different races that he puts on, he does in the New River Gorge put on a 50K and a... um, either a 50 mile or a hundred mile or something for that. So there are, you know, they, they, those races did not exist when I first started looking at this one. Um, and I had been toying again with the idea of, Hey, you know, again, I came off of a very large training, like six marathons in one year. And it was a lot of running. And as I'm looking at the trainings to train for a hundred, when I say isn't that much more difficult than the training volume that I was putting in, it was the same number of days per week, nearly the same weekly mileages. It's just a lot more on the weekends. It's back-to-back long days. And when I started looking at this, I started looking at um, this as a priority or possibility. I had, you know, one kid. I had, one, or I had uh, you know, a, a newborn. So it was some training runs that I've done while talking to you on the phone while I had a kid in the stroller and I had, and things of that nature. So once I, my, one of my problems, one of the things that, you know, when I get an idea or a goal in my head, it's hard for me to give them up. So in my head, as I continue to do more marathons or longer, because ultras qualify for that 50 state club, I'm always looking for the out of state ones somewhere else in a state that I don't have, you know, so that way kind of that whole double down, triple down on do one race and it qualifies for several things. Even if it's just something in my head, an arbitrary goal or rule that I set for myself. If all I, right. So you and think I, and I say that because I open, I open all these loops. I open these ideas. I open these goals and it's, and it's hard for me to, it's, hard for me to drop them off once I, once I say it's important to me, it's hard to admit to myself that it's not important to myself. Sure. Well, I mean, and you gave the answer in there, which is the 50 state club. So you're trying to find a race in all 50 U S states of a marathon length or longer. Yes. And how many states have you gotten through? I'd have to count. I think, uh, I think 12. I think I have 15 See, you're not marathons. like a true marathon that, maniac, 50 state person because no. they know, they have like shirts with like the map Yeah, and, you know, okay, so Rob literally walked over to the medals to count them. But, you know, the, the true fanatics have, have a map like on a shirt where they have little ways that they, they mark off each state. But I think it's an important thing to have goals, obviously, and sometimes they're a little bit crazy and sometimes the craziness overlaps. So 50 states to do a marathon or or greater in 50 states is crazy to do a hundred miler in the hills of West Virginia. I would say slightly crazier. 10. I'm off. I knew I, 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 Right. And I also, one of so, my self, self-made self roles is I wouldn't repeat states or marathons, but I've now done the Pittsburgh Marathon four times, the Marine Corps twice, and Chicago twice. All right. Can't so, talk away. You got to talk at me. There you go. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was still using this. I forgot that. I said I'm breaking my own rules. I uh, I said I wasn't going to repeat states and I wasn't going to repeat um, marathons. I've done Pittsburgh four times, Marine Corps twice, and Chicago twice. So gotcha. that's another. That's yeah. breaking my own rule. But again, there were people, friends in those races, so I went to do them with them again. Yeah, I mean the get you'll get. I mean you got plenty of time to get to the 50 States. The hundred miler is a different story though, depending on what you're trying to do. And here you're just, you're trying to, you may never do another hundred miler again. Who knows? Right. Right. And so the reason to answer your question again, that you asked the other day and then in with the same vein, why jump to the hundred versus the two in between, you know, why not 50 miler or 100 K? First one is it wasn't offered when I first started looking at it. And in my head, this is what I'm going to do. Also, though, the real big thing is all these medals on the wall, 100 mile, you get a belt buckle. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Like, I want to try to earn one. And this is where um, going back to the ultra cycling that I failed at. And it's I, I, when I break things down to a very simple, like, like in my head, I'm like, it's only this. Like when I was trying to uh, guilt, not guilt, you were trying to like say, come on, Pete, do this ride with me. It's only a 13 mile per hour average for a day and a half straight or two days straight. You know, that same thing with this hundred miler that I'm looking at is it has a very similar course profile to races that I've already done to the ultra that I, that I did with Karen down in um, Maryland. It has a very similar profile to, um, Heiner 50 K that, that I did or that I tried to do, I should say. Um, and so I'm, I'm, it's similar in nature to, to what I can run just by walking out my door. You know, it's, I, if I go North and South, I can, I can follow the river and I can go a little bit flat. If I go East and West, I'm into Hills and mountains, no matter which way I go. So I have the ability to train for it and I've done hiking just, you know, fast paced walking. Um, you know, I, I've done with the pack on and carry all your stuff, go for the weekend with my brothers and my dad. And, uh, so I've, I've done some of that stuff and the hundred miler while aggressive breaks down to, you know, the, for me, and for, sorry, I want to say it this way, the race I did with Karen and this one, the elevation is there's either a really steep uphill, a really steep downhill, which I can't run regardless. I'm not going to be fit enough. I mean, the guy that's winning it, he's running up those hills most normal humans are walking it or hiking it at a fast pace. So it's going to be of a hundred miles. I'm probably going to end up running not even consecutive, but a little here, a little there total up maybe 25 to 30 miles of it. And the rest of it's just going to be power walking or hiking to get in. I'm not saying by the cutoff, I'm hoping to do be a little bit ahead of that, but I fully going into it expecting and realizing that I'm going to see the sunrise twice because the race starts before sunrise. So sunrise through the day, through the night, see another sunrise and then finish. So what, what is the cutoff? There's two. The first cutoff is if you do in sub 24, you get a special buckle. If you do a, uh, if you do just to complete it, uh, 32 hours, start it, start at 6 a.m. I'd have to pull a website. I don't want to touch my phone though. Um, start at 6 a.m., 30 or 32 hours, uh, and end by like 2 p.m. the next day. Um, start Saturday by 2 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, so. that would be 32 then, yeah. 32. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's Our friends at the Badger are the opposite. You get the bigger buckle if you go over 30 hours. Really? Because they feel you earned it more? You're out there longer? Yeah. More I for mean, your money? You paid, you, paid, you, you paid for it in, in sweat if you're <laughs> out there that long. That's funny. Yeah. So that's, um, that's what one, the buckle is the biggest draw, but then also the other answer that I gave too is I have never done anything looking at the, the ultra cycling that I was thinking of doing. Had I gone through and completed it, it would have been the hardest thing I've ever done. And at this point that still is like a hundred and almost 50 miles and one day, you know, continuous cycling all day. That's the hardest thing I've ever done. This is going to be more than that. And I just like knowing like anytime if something starts to get hard in life, I go back and look at that and say, this isn't as hard as that. I'm not as tired as that, you know, as, and that same deal is eventually will I do a 50 
miler and or a 50, um, you know, or a hundred, you know, K, which is 62 mile run. Probably will probably fill in the blanks just to have a checkbox for completion, have one of each. But at this point, it's at by virtue of this was the hardest one I ever think I'm going to care to do. Like jokingly, like I on my list for a long, many years, I've wanted to do an Ironman triathlon. And I'm like, that's a 17 hour day. Well, I just did a 17 hour day. You know, this was twice that, you know. So, hey, if I can do that and I can get that tired, I can at least do this one make it makes everything it should make it other things easier by comparison based on life experience so we want to make sure this is marked for posterity for others and for your kids your number one reason for doing something this stupid is a belt buckle yes so just so we're yep. clear yes okay i did not say that last time which i was going to at, uh, later at night as i was doing the three o'clock feeding for my daughter I'm like i didn't say that what i should no, do you is really I didn't say it last did. time. I didn't say belt buckle. Yeah. No, I sent it to you and said, I need to make a question and answer. This is what Pete asked. And this is what I should have said. I didn't say belt buckle. I remember you saying that. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have the recordings. I can go back and listen. Please do. Uh, I, I like being proved wrong. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I want to waste my time on that, but sure. <laughs> uh, so you can have a crew and pacers out there. Yes. I, as of now, my, my plan is to be out there. I haven't made any reservations or full plans as I've been concentrating on my Chicago race, but soon I'm going to have to try to, to plan this out. Um, and if coach Holly Ann is listening, yes, about a month after the marathon, I would like to go hike up and down some Hills with Rob for goodness knows how many miles but besides me coming out and hopefully doing some pacing do you have a crew and pacer plan or is that still in the works or are you running with other people what's going on so ryan uh, my uh, the, friend, the guy i mentioned previously he he um hiking is and is his thing he runs and so forth so he did the cycling thing with me last year um, and he bought a bike, went out and just started biking and him and I, we, we run lift and all that stuff. He's like my workout partner here. So I can call on him into doing silly things like this. Um, so he signed up as well. And so him and I are in it and we are planning to run together the whole time. As far as crew pacers or anything, you are it. Not one, no one else has said it. And I don't, I haven't asked anyone, you know what I mean? There's people I probably could, um, and watching videos and resources, it's something that would make sense. A lot of people, it's very important to have the crew, the pacers and all that type of stuff. But at this point, we're still, uh, so way back, my wife, when I first saw this race three years ago, the, the, the goal or the compromise at that time was it's the same, it was the same day as the Outer Banks Marathon. I said, hey, I can do one or the other. I can't do both. And she had said, do the outer banks. So that way you can come, you know, so I, she could see her friends. And so I, I kind of had permission from her at the time that I would do this one later. She's not as on board with this now, obviously three years later, <laughs> more kids, you know, life gets busy. I completely understand that. So we're just trying to figure out those logistics as well as in, um, are we going to have somebody come to watch our kids family, come watch our kids here in our home? Are we going to take them to family in Pittsburgh? Cause it is on the way through, or she can have three kids down there in the gorge. So obviously her as any kind of support is how she's not a runner. So she's not going to be a pacer regardless. Um, Ryan has no wife, kids, anything like that. No friends from here are going to go. And I have not chosen to burden anybody else, but anybody that wants to, uh, we're not saying no. So as such, you want to be there, we would gladly welcome it, but no, no, we have nobody. Um, we're really just going to, take a swing at this one in the dark. There you go. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I, I, you know, we'll have to talk about when to pace. I mean, cause it's, it's quite a ways between checkpoints. We'll get into that more the next time we talk. Yeah. Um, so you've got to kind of strategically plan where you think you might be flagging or need that kind of support on the trail. And even if you're with somebody else, just having another person breaks up the monotony, even of, of two people going down the, down the trail. Yes. So for yeah. you, it's just going to be making sure that you pack your drop bags really well. And then yes. depending on the kindness 
of people in those aid stations. Yes. And, you know, getting through it. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's man, the goal. That's, awesome. that's, right. that's when I jokingly say, yeah, it's that simple. Just go out there and just keep moving and hope for the best. But you had said it and we had talked, we had on a previous discussion that got lost here. I uh, said, we'll talk race strategy and planning and all that type of stuff. But for anybody who wants to go out there and then and look at the stuff and see the, you know, they have the maps, they have the drop bags and all that. So going out, so it's, this isn't, it's an out and back, sorry, jump around. The guy, when he said he was going to do three different races, he started with the, this race as the first one that he wanted to put on a new river gorge. And he eventually wanted three races, three distances, three different setups. So he wanted an out and back. He wanted a loops and he wanted a point to point. So each race is a different distance. Each race is a different setup. This one's the out and back version. And, but it's not a 100% complete straight out, straight back the same course. You go out one way. There's like one little deviation you take. And when you come back, at, you know, when you're coming on the way back, there's a different deviation you take. And I believe having watched the videos and, and hear people talk about it, it's so in the morning because all people will hit this one overlook. If you go out and look at the race and put in, I think it's the Thurmond overlook to put in Google. It's one of the best overlooks of the gorge. So everybody will get to see it. And then there's another one long point. He has you do this one very short out and back section to go to this long point to see a to see the New River Gorge Bridge, and everybody should be able to see it during the day. And then at night, he puts you on a little bit safer of a trail. And I say all this too, like I say safer. I, it's from what I've seen on videos and what I've looked at. It's still mountains. It's still all of that. It's, it's, it, that's why you're talking crews, pacers, and differences in, in the checkpoints and the aid stations. It's because of accessibility. New River Gorge is now a national park, so they just can't have everybody traipsing everywhere, you know, and then you're, you are on the, the established trails that are out there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's fairly typical for like pacers not to be allowed until the second half of the race. Yes. Um, thing, you know, cert, only certain places, certain aid stations where crew and pacers can be where they can join you or, or wait yeah. certain places. You can have drop bags. Like those are, that's just typical. Yes. Ultra marathon stuff that, Yep. The normal. But for those that who don't know, that's kind of why I was yeah. saying that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, it's not any, this is no different just because it's in a national park. And most ultra races are fairly ecologically uh, conscious. conscious. Yeah. So they're, you know, carry in, carry out type races. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, don't, don't be littering. Yeah. Try to bring <laughs> reusable, uh, things to drink out of that kind of stuff. Right. So quite frankly, that shouldn't just be in a race. That should just be everyday life. We should all be living right. not littering and such. So, right. Um, uh, but it's vast. It's way more important when you get to a national park setting, there's a reason that they gain that designation. So, right. Um, all right, so what else do we want to hit in this episode? And then I'll wrap up with like a summary of what we'll do next time. Um, I don't know. Like I said, we've covered it all, but obviously not all on here. And that's just, uh, you know, I don't know. Life life is amazing. <laughs> Sorry. I just have to say it, you know. <laughs> Family's healthy. I'm getting out where we're getting a lot of cool runs in and, um, you know, running new roads around me to make it longer and get hills and seeing it just – just got to be out there enjoying it, which for you know, we are, and uh, we're getting training in like one of the things you and I had covered in life, but also you know, you just like say, Hey Rob, you just, you tend to just get it in. And I do, and I try, but maybe not as much as you would flatter me to do so. So like if I'm supposed to do four or five runs in a week, I still try to make sure I get at least three, four runs in a week. If you know, um, and you, Karen and I are having this conversation about like, Karen's like, and I say, Karen, and I've said this on recorded to you and this, there are the Karens of the world. And then there's our Karen and, and, and Karen Clark is just 
the biggest badass in the world to where like I was bragging to you on the little group chat text we had and said, Hey, look, I ran up and over this big hill. And she's like, well, you're already there. Why don't you run it twice? <laughs> like, cause that's just her mentality. Like, Oh, look, you need elevation. There's a hill. She wasn't meaning saying it to be mean. It's very matter of fact and very correct. So then I've, she's right. I need more elevation training. And then she kind of called me out on it the other day. She said, well, Hey, why don't you switch a couple of your, the, the time on your bike that you're doing? Why don't you switch those to runs? And the goal and the idea is anyone who wants to follow my stuff on Garmin, look for me or on Strava, I'm there as well. But if you see I'm doing some Zwifts, the reason I'm doing them, it's like, I have two kids at home, one's napping and the other one's, you know, sitting next to me and I can't, yeah, that's why I'm on the bike and not on the treadmill. And I do have the treadmill behind me, but it's currently broke. I broke, I went to get on it and blew a part out of it and it's on back order. So when it comes in, I will be switching to some really steep incline runs or walks on the treadmill versus the bike. Um, but just, you can, like you say, consistently, Hey Rob, you try to get things in, um, as much as I can. I, I set my training plan for what I knew. Basically I went out, looked at four or five plans, saw which ones, were close to what I was already doing and not saying like, Oh, this fits my volume. Cause I do need those long on the weekend, back to back to back type things. And I'm tr- making that. Those are the ones that are, are I think the most vitally important that I'm trying to work on and you know, through the week, just getting runs in with friends. And if I went the one day I went with a run with friends, I needed an eight miler and I went out and only had, we only did three. So went back out for a second run with the kid in the stroller on the rail trail and got, got the extra miles in you know just try to keep getting it done i don't know uh i i said this before and i'll say it again that what i'm saying about you and and others like you is that you find a way and reasons to get things done tweaked or not maybe it's a bike versus a run but you're still getting things done you're still getting a workout in versus so many of us who take that opportunity to use excuses on why we didn't get something done. And that's, that's what I'm, I'm saying. And that swapping of biking and running, that's fine. As the race is now getting fairly close, the more running you can get in, that's even better. And look at this, you're getting that seat, that sleep deprivation (laughs) that you're going to have in the race. You're getting that now naturally and getting out there and getting a run in anyway. So that's like <laughs> training at this point. It's it's necessary training. Not so joking. That was something that I also, and that's where if I don't try this this year, I don't think there's going to be another year. It's never going, I mean, kids will be sleeping better next year, but we're not going to be traveling with a, with a toddler, a, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. You know, it's just going to keep getting more and more difficult until they get to maybe like eight. I'm making this up because I don't have these kids. You have, you can tell me when they get older, eight, 10, they're going to go and play and do their own stuff as well. But also the time of year we're going, it's in November. So it's cold. There's no whitewater rafting. There's there's a lot of outdoor stuff you can do. But again, you heard me say, I'm going to go through the, see the sunrise, go through the day, go through the night and then keep going. Time of year down there, there's only 10 hours of daylight. You know, ten, so it, it's more night than day down there at the time of year that I'm going to go. And I'm also I'm trying to target that with, hey, I do have a newborn. So if she's home and she's sleeping, you know, and she's like, if it's during the day and, you know, she's going to take a nap, I could get on the treadmill or get on the bike. You know, if it's whenever I have my other you know, two kids, you know, home for, you know, they're not in a daycare or something, shut it down. It's getting a bike in while they're, while they're napping. But you go back and you jokingly said the sleep deprivation. Yeah. I did share my Garmin watch with you. I have the, another one now, the newer one, still an old one, but you had always talked about the body battery and all that. My new one does do that. And I haven't, I haven't seen above somewhere in like, I'm going to say forties in, in, in weeks. And it actually has yelled at me three out of the last five days when I went to do a workout saying you had a poor night's sleep. You should take a rest day. I'm like, that's not going to happen. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we didn't work out when we were tired, we'd never work out. So yeah, that's, that's just kind of part of life. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, on the next, next time we talk, I want, I want to definitely, check, get a check in on where your training is at. Um, maybe talk more as we get closer, make sure we're talking about a race layout and a race plan more about like where you think you might need, you know, pacing, 
definitely also want to talk about like your nutrition plan in the race and, and your drop bags and kind of what you're doing, what you're putting in them. Uh, so I've, I've actually taken notes for maybe the third time ever on this show of things that I want to cover. So, but I, I'm super interested always on what, what the plan is for people, right. And, and the yeah. different ways that they approach these things. So I think it'll will, be fun to, to do that. I will answer one thing and then tell you, like, I have ideas and they're always evolving. But before my first ultra, the only only one I completed with Karen there, I actually took a photo. And I'm one of the guys where I'm like, I do try to think it all out. And I'll have a note in a bag. And, I'll, you know, this is going to be this drop bag, this one and this one, you know, and, base, and I've already started doing like time charts. Like if I'm on this pace. I'm going to hit this drop bag at this time, you know, but I'm going to need this on the next one or whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, the 24 hour pace is different than the 32 hour pace, blah, 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 blah. But when I went to say for Karen, I literally had the entire bed in the hotel room just covered with stuff. And I sent her a photo. I'm like, what out of this is, do you think is important? Karen showed up the next day with a handheld water bottle and that's it. So like, maybe I'm overthinking it all too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, at a hundred miler, I bet it's a little different for her and for everybody, but yes, for the 50 K for her. Yeah. Probably the small water bottle. It was, it. it was like a 20 ounce handheld. And that was it. I'm like, I got a water bladder. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about hiking sticks. And I got all kinds of stuff. And Karen's just like, Oh, Aquafina out of the vending machine works great. Yeah. Just use that. So. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, that'll be a lot of fun to catch up on next time. It was fun catching up here. And if you have questions, let me or Rob know. You can just send us a message and we'll make sure that we get to them. Yep. And other than that, we're going to wrap it up. Sounds Thank good. Thank you to Rob for joining us. You've been listening to episode 153 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. Please share the show with someone who needs a little extra motivation and a, to find out the real reason that you do 100 is, you know, a belt buckle. Other than that, everyone get out there and be better today. I was not hiding. I was unsure. And I really